Thank you for joining us today. This is Clint Byers, lead pastor of Forward Church. I pray this message blesses and encourages you. I hope it inspires transformative grace in your heart and establishes you even deeper in your new covenant identity in Christ. Now take a deep breath, become aware of God's spirit within you, and enjoy the message. This is where I want to go. I'm kind of talking about this, but this, this picture just kind of struck me. If you can't read it back there, it says thoughts and prayers, action. So the word prayers is X'd out. They've marked it out on this image because, and you've seen it in a political arena and this is a political rally and I'm not trying to make political statements, but the sentiment is very real. The idea, the impact of what non-believers or people that are marginalized, or I'm sure there's even believers that are carrying these kinds of signs around, but they'll say, well, I'm not interested in your thoughts and prayers. Do something. Now, it's used right now in a political context, but it kind of is an indictment against the church in general. You know, it's like, oh, I'll pray for you. And people are like, oh, okay, thank you. Appreciate it. Like, you know, you're going to think about me? You're like, so a thought is the same as a prayer, which is an ineffective internal thing for you that doesn't affect that person. I mean, you know, I, I don't want us the, the body of Christ at large to be known for that, you know? And so we will do specific things, and we're all part of the same body, which is what we're going to talk about today. But this idea, I want to change this idea. The body of Christ should be known for different things, one of which is that our love for each other should be so evident and so radical, as in John 17, that we would be so one in our love for one another that the world looks at how we love each other and says, I, I don't really understand all everything. I don't know about all those animals on that boat and this and that. But one thing I do know is that the way they love each other, there's something about that that compels me to believe that God sent Jesus into this earth. That's what Scripture says. That's what Jesus said our unity should produce. Now, that's, this is, today is not a thing about how we're going to be the kind of church that we're supposed to be and all that type of stuff. Today is almost like a bit of a Bible study. I want to talk around the idea of the gifts of the Spirit. We're going to approach it from the finished work perspective, approach it from the perspective of that we are to operate in them, motivated by love, and it's by one Spirit, and you have that Spirit within you, and you can operate in whatever God wants you to operate in in that moment to show that person His love for them and help them understand the good news of His kingdom. Amen? You know, if you have any type of charismatic background, you have seen some goofy stuff. <laughs> Haven't you? And if you don't come from a charismatic background, you don't go to the charismatic churches because of the goofy stuff. I mean, it's like we've made it so strange and weird when really walking in the gifts of the Spirit is just a fruit of us experiencing God's love for us and being so overwhelmed by love for other people that unique and interesting things become alive in our heart that are beyond this world's capacity that we get to do and display toward others. Words of knowledge, words of wisdom, gifts of healing, stuff like that. You know, so if you're uncomfortable with those kinds of things, don't worry, we're not going to get weird with it. I'm not going to make you come up here and try and pray in tongues or anything like that at the end of the service. But I, what I want to do is help you understand you have a part in the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. You are important. You are needed. In fact, you are needed in such a way that you expressing God uniquely through you 
makes the body more complete. Now, I'm not saying God's incomplete or any of that kind of stuff. Don't read into it, but all right, ready? Here we go. So last week, we kind of ended up the series about the eyes of the heart and this idea we came down to, knowing his love develops confidence and walking in love develops confidence. And that comes from this, and this is 1 John 3.20. If our hearts condemn us, God is greater than our hearts and he knows all things. So last week we talked about living from a con condemnation-free heart. What life looks like when you're not condemned inwardly. God will not condemn you. There is no condemnation for those who are in Christ, but you might condemn yourself. You might carry around a whole bunch of guilt and shame. And unfortunately, the church has made people feel condemned because they're not spiritual enough or they're not doing enough. I mean, I'm telling you what, these guys aren't doing what they're doing in Hogansville because they feel like they have to. They see a need and they're compelled by love for these people and they want them to know Jesus, you know? That's the way it works. In whatever capacity, whether that be traditional organized church or whether it be you never step foot in church again, but you are following God and loving people in the way that God is expressing himself through you. That is what the gifts look like, all right? So, but watch this incredible promise. If our heart condemn us, God's greater than our heart and he knows all things. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have confidence before God and we will receive from him whatever we ask because we keep his commandments and do what is pleasing in his sight. That is weighty. I mean, that is like, how, how dare you say that I can receive whatever I ask from God? Now, here's the secret. The reality is it comes as a result of you keeping the commandments, which are loving him Amen. and loving people. And you love him because he first loved you. So you keeping the commandment of loving people is actually as you respond to his love for you. Then that spills out as love onto others. There is the sin factor as well. Sin causing condemnation deep within. That's why we should stay out of sin. Praise God. There's mercy and grace. Mercy is the forgiveness aspect. Grace is the empowerment aspect to make you stronger than that thing that you're being tempted by. You don't have to give in to sin. Amen. So, but more than anything, responding to God's love for you and walking in love toward others teaches you to be confident. And when you're confident before him, you receive everything you ask of him. Wow. Is that not what it says? Now, here's the secret that I think is that you'll only want what he wants for you. Like you'll only want what he wants you to want Amen. as you're loving him and as you're loving people. This doesn't mean you're going to be driving your Bugatti up your golden driveway, you know. I mean, it might mean that. I don't know. God might do that for you. I don't know. But, but more than anything, it's just talking about expressing his kingdom in love toward others. So this is what we're talking about is you have a place in God's body. And I will say this, that part of you firmly fitting and not fitting, but just expressing your place within God's body is you expressing the gifts that he would want to express through you. Now, I'm not saying you lack anything. I'm not saying you're not, supposed, you're not who you're supposed to be if you're not, because the reality is this. You are complete in him. Amen. Amen. You are as righteous as you will ever be in spirit because he gave you the free gift of righteousness. He cleansed you with his blood, made you holy. You're complete. You don't need to do one more thing 
for God to accept you. One more thing except look at him and say, yes, I believe that what you did was for me and that is my acceptance. Now, from the, because that's true, then you want him to express all these things through you to declare his kingdom in this world. Um, so, you have a place in his body and God will declare the gospel of his kingdom through you. When talking about the gifts, for some reason, I always go to this particular idea. This scripture that I'm about to put up is... Uh, Jesus had collected the 12. They'd watched him for a while. He gathered the 12 disciples that had been following together. He gave them power to cast out demons and lay hands on the sick and heal people. So that's already happening. In the future, from this point that I'm about to read, he gathers 70 or 72, whichever book you read, and he sends them out to do the same stuff. But this guy is in the middle of all that. And, and this, I love this. This is just so rich for me here. So let me just read this. So this is John, John, the disciple whom Jesus loved, as he says of himself, you know what I mean? And, and I don't mean to be sarcastic about that. He knew how to be intimate with Jesus. He knew that, he, that Jesus loved him. They were tight, you know. But that, that mentality, that disciple had this attitude. Watch. John answered, Master, we saw someone casting out demons in your name, and we tried to stop him because he does not follow with us. Now, in modern-day language, that is, well, they don't go to our church. They don't read the Bible the way that we do. They didn't go to our supernatural school, so therefore they're not as qualified as us. They're not the elect and the elite in the kingdom that should, you know, all the delineations that we make and disqualify one another because they follow not with us. Man, I'm telling you, if we could get over that in the body and value one another, regardless of what the sign is on the front, I mean, obviously all pursuing truth, moving toward the knowledge of Christ as we come into unity. But what if we had that? What if the body had that attitude? Look what Jesus says. Don't stop him, for the one who is not against you is for you. He didn't say, go get him so I can make sure that he's up to date on all the law and the prophets. Don't convince him that he's so dirty and dark that he needs me. He didn't even, he didn't even ask the guy's name. Let him, do, let him go. Who is this guy? I think about this, right? Who is this guy? Somehow, he caught wind that Jesus had shared his power, and he said, that's for me. I'm going, and I'm running with it. And for him, he's out casting out devils and healing people. Wow. Then he sends out the 70 and the 72. Now, was this guy one of the 70? Maybe. I don't know. Probably not. He's just some guy that got a hold of it and ran with it. I love that. There was no system. There was no educational process. He heard it and he ran with it. Praise God. I find that so cool. So I want you to see yourself as that guy. Say, I'm that guy. And now think about it. I'm that guy. Yeah, I'm that girl, whatever, you know. Isn't that, isn't that interesting? And then, and then Jesus' attitude is let him run. I love it. So with that mentality, I want to look at the gifts, and I'm going to, base, I'm going to read a lot. You ready? You need to stretch or anything like that? Everybody good? Take a deep breath, relax your shoulders. Now comes the Bible study part because I'm just going to kind of read through 
uh, some stuff in 1 Corinthians, and I'll just comment along the way. So in the idea of this, we're looking at the gifts of the Spirit from the finished work of Jesus. I want you to pay attention to how he talks about the gifts and how he talks about the Spirit, and then be thinking about what it looks like for you in this. And we're going to actually talk about this over the next few weeks. I'm not interested in trying to do some classes that teach you how to have words of wisdom or how to have words of knowledge or any of that kind of stuff. You already know. And you already know because you have the spirit of the living God in you. Amen? And when you go to those classes, you, you like take your brain and your heart out and you try to do it the way other people are doing it. Now, there's some value in listening to other people and participating and stuff like that. I'm not trying to just completely throw that stuff out. But a lot of times what that stuff does is it, it robs you of your creativity, of your uniqueness within the body, and it makes you think you've got to be like that person. Doesn't it? All right, so ready. Here we go. This is um, reading in 1 Corinthians 12, and I'm reading in the ESV. Uh, by, by the way, let me just say this. When he talks about gifts, the word gifts in the original language is charisma. It's an expression of the word charise, and the word charise is the word grace. So you could say the graces of the Spirit, because the word gift seems to denote you get something, you get something, too bad for you. Oh, wait a minute, you can go to that person and she can lay hands on you and then you can have what she has. You ever been in those kind of meetings? I mean, I'm, I'm preaching unity, but I'm going to go ahead and throw somebody under the bus, if that's all right. <laughs> I was at a meeting, you know. I went with some friends that uh, they were, I went because they were doing the worship and we were hanging out. And this guy gets up, man, and he starts preaching and he starts talking about his anointing, his anointing. And he says, I have traveled the world. I have sought out the, the highest level healers and evangelists in the world. And I have spent thousands of dollars to travel and get them to lay hands on me and impart their anointing to me. I have worked for this anointing, and if you will come up front tonight and let me lay hands on you, I will give you freely the anointing that I have spent thousands of dollars to receive. I mean, we laugh, but people believe that stuff. Man, I've got 19 directions I could go in, you know. Just, just because, I, because the impartation thing, somebody's got that question. Impartation is almost like a tuning fork. You strike a tuning fork, and then the string that matches that note starts to vibrate. The string didn't become something else. It just started to resonate on the same frequency as the tuning fork. I think we can do that. If I'm operating in a particular spiritual capacity, can maybe lay hands on you and awaken things within you just because of the energetics of it. I see it that way. You may disagree, but, you know, you can be wrong. It's all right. Anyway, let's keep going. <laughs> I just wanted to touch on that. All right, so... ESV, I like the way the ESV talks about this because it talks about empowerment. Now, concerning spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be uninformed. Now, the, the word gifts here is actually not in a lot of the original text, not in the original language. It's not that big of a deal. He's kind of just talking about spiritual matters in general. So going on from there. I don't want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, you were led astray to mute idols, however you were led. Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is a curse. So he's attaching 
Godhood to Jesus. He's contextualizing Jesus is Lord, which he had to do over and over in these early, early times. Uh, <clears throat> Therefore, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed, and no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Now, there are varieties of graces. We'll say it that way. Graces, gifts. Uh, but the, now pay attention to the language. It's important how he phrases this because I don't want you walking away thinking you have to become something that you aren't already. I don't want you walking away thinking for me to do that, I've got to get something else from God. I need more of the Spirit or I need this or I don't, you know. You lack nothing. You are complete in Him Amen. because that is what He did within you with His Spirit. Amen. Now, whether or not you choose to yield to these graces, that's a different matter. But you don't lack it. You might just lack the, the willingness to yield to it and flow in it for whatever reason. So uh, now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it is the same God who empowers them all in everyone. It's important Amen. to get that in place, right? All the activities, all the services, all the gifts, God empowers all of them by the same Spirit in every one. There is no delineation of you not being able to do what that person can do because they worked really hard to have the anointing that they have. That's, that's Gnosticism really is what that is. All right, let's keep going. To each is given the manifestation of the Spirit. That is what happens in the moment as you operate in whatever grace or gift that is, the Spirit manifests to be a blessing to this person or even yourself. Uh, to each is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good, for to one is given. All right, now the word given, when you look it up in the context of the usage here, it's talking more about an empowerment or you are endued. So in that moment... You are endued with the power that is already within you to flow in that. I mean, you, you learn as you go. You just do. If any of you have ever gone on mission trips or you go into a setting that's different from where you normally are, or some reason you kind of get out of your norm and you start flowing and you're, you're called upon to minister and it just happens. You ever, how many of you experienced that? You've been in a situation and all of a sudden it's like, wow, you, you're kind of surprised. That is that empowerment. That is grace coming alive in that moment. Beyond what you think that you can do, beyond what you know, beyond your own ability, it just happens. God, God needs you to be willing to let him do that through you. Amen? All right. For to one is given or endued through the spirit, the utterance of wisdom, to another the utterance of knowledge according by the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another, gifts of healing by the one Spirit. Same Spirit, same Spirit, one Spirit. You see that? Uh, <clears throat> because it's taught. Anyway, let me you get the point. Verse 10. To another, working of miracles. To another, prophecy. To another, the ability to distinguish between spirits. To another, various kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions to each one individually as he wills but you have the capacity of all of them in you because the, same, the one and same spirit is in you. <clears throat> For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many are one body, so it is with Christ. Say, we are one body. 
Verse 13. For in one spirit, one spirit, we are all baptized into one body. Jews and Greeks, slaves are free, and we're all made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. One, 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 one. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. Now, verse 15, the foot saying to the body, I'm not a part of the body. That sounds like this in modern day. Well, you know, I just don't really fit in there. I just don't really fit in to that group or that church or that. Well, welcome to the club. Nobody feels like they fit in. I'll just tell you the secret. Nobody feels like they fully fit in. But we're part of one body. And even this has its shortcomings. Even this collection of organization has its downfalls, you know. But if we recognize, all right, you know, we're all on the same page. The kingdom of God and all the positions, we're all on the same level. I am not your covering as a pastor. If this is your church, I am not your co- I am not your daddy. Don't be calling me papa. You got a daddy. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, it's because you've heard it taught. Well, I hadn't been to church in a month and I had a car wreck, and therefore I was out from under the covering, so I better go back to church and I better start tithing. Come on. That's why the world holds up signs that says, don't give me your thoughts and prayers. All right, let's keep going. For the, one, for the body does not consist of one member but of many. Uh, let me see, 16. And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. You belong. Say, I belong. You just do. Verse 17, if the whole body were an eye, where would, the sen- where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would be the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members of the body, each one of them as he chose. And this is what, this is what we're going to talk about over the next few weeks. How is God leading you in your unique spot in the body? Now, that's not your purpose. Like, that's not, it's not your job to find out why you were created. That creates a lot of pressure. I'll tell you why you were created. God wanted kids. It's really simple. God is a father and he wants children. But now that you're here and the world's in the state that it's in, he might call you to do a job for him. That would be your calling. Your purpose is fulfilled when you look at the father and say, Thank you for loving me. I believe. You know, that's your purpose fulfilled. From there, you live from purpose. You live from the complete identity to express this stuff. And it's very unique whether you go to church or not. As it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you nor again to the head, uh, to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. I love this. Do you, do you feel weak? Do you feel like you're not a very strong part of the body of Christ? You are indispensable. Amen. God cannot do without you. Amen. He wants you. Absolutely wants you. Not to do a job for him but because you're part of his family. And because you're part of his family, he wants to be a blessing through you. That's what we're talking about. Amen. All right, 21. The, uh, let's see, no, uh, 20. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. 
And on those parts of the body that we think less honorable, we, we bestow the greater honor and our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty. Which, I, I mean, you know, so you think about the woman at the well, right? You think about the woman caught in adultery. Jesus is protecting those people. People that are part of his body, he's protecting them. He's protecting, he's, you know, the people that could, the people that are carrying the authentic word of God that are supposed to be representing God. Jesus puts his hand, on, hang on guys, you know, where's your, check your heart. Where are you? Which are, uh, but God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that it lacked, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. I don't care what sign is on the building, right? Man, I, 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 pray that, I pray that to come alive even in my heart even more. Now you are the body of Christ and individually members of it. Say, I'm a member of his body. And God has appointed in the church. Now, all right, so here, all of this stuff is not hierarchical. Apostles, you know, I've heard it taught that God's restoring the apostles. And once all the apostles are restored, then everybody else will gather up underneath him. And then that fivefold ministry will then get the church ready for Jesus to come back and the church. And Jesus won't come back until the church has been cleaned up. And <clears throat> that, that kind of stuff makes me angry because it is a context for control. You don't see the phrase apostolic anointing, prophetic anointing. That doesn't exist. There's one anointing, one spirit, one God who works all in all. These are offices of administration is what these are. These are offices of function all on the same plane, not one higher than the other. Amen? Different roles, different functions, same spirit. Everybody has the same capacity to be one or any of these. But God himself chooses which one he wants you to function in. And it may not be one of these for you. It might be the chain greaser. You know, that's what you do with bicycles, you grease. <laughs> and that's as important. Amen. Amen. Now, let, let that breathe a little bit. What is it for you? You know, if you've gone through our series, Why Am I Here? I'd go through the purpose stuff. And your calling is best discovered not by filling out a discovery personality profile. It's best discovered by you answering one question, who do I love? Because if the fulfillment of God's commandments are love him and love people, well, then who do you love? Not, not God, what do you want me to do? It's who do you want me to love? And then when you discover that, it's, okay, how do I love them? Do you love kids in a community that are, that's drug-ridden and fatherlessness in that area and you love those kids and you want to help them and protect them? Do you love women that have been trapped and sold into early forced childhood marriage? Do you love musicians? Do you love people that have been hurt by the church? What, what is it for you? That defines your calling. Who do you love? First apostles, second prophets, third teachers in miracles, gifts of healing, helping, administrators. I'm thankful for administrators. Adam's out of town. But praise God for him. Uh, and various kinds of tongues are all apostles, are all prophets, are all teachers, do all work miracles, do all possess gifts. Now, over the next few weeks, we're going to go through these a little bit 
in the context of love from your completeness in Christ. So we'll talk about these some. But earnestly desire the higher gifts. Now, all of that great detail, then he says this one thing, and I will show you a still more excellent way. You mean more excellent than the apostles and the prophets and the gifts and all this? Yeah. Okay. Now, we're about to go into 1 Corinthians 13, which usually only comes out in marriage counseling or weddings or something like that, you know. Get yourself straight. You better love right, boy. Sorry, man, I'm telling you, that caffeine. Who made that stuff this morning? <laughs> Whew! I don't know. I'm having fun, though. <laughs> uh, and I will show you a still more excellent way, and it's one word, love. So here's what we're going to do over the next few weeks is look at what the gifts look like inspired by love, okay? And, and in a real way, not just uh, a fake way. I don't know what was I going to say. Here we go. Keep going. First Corinthians 13, love bears all things. So in the context of the body, being the body, functioning as God has set you in the body, expressing the gifts in this context, Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never ends or love never fails. You ever prayed for somebody and you felt bad? Or like you, maybe there's something lacking within you because you didn't get the result that you thought you were supposed to have? Well, if you love that person, love never fails. Now, Jesus prayed for people that couldn't get healed. It wasn't that he withheld the healing and it wasn't that he wasn't powerful enough to heal them. It was that they couldn't receive what he was offering. And that's the way it works now that mankind has dominion on this planet. So, back to this. Love never fails. As for prophecies, they'll pass away. As for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it'll pass away. For we know in part, we prophesy in part. But when the perfect comes, the partial will pass away. Just to touch on it, some traditions would say the perfect is the Bible. So, like, once we have Scripture... We don't need the Holy Spirit anymore doing these gifts through us because what we can do is we can just go back and read the Bible and everybody understanding the Bible properly is the perfect and we don't need the Holy Spirit active anymore. You can believe that and just be wrong, but, you know, I don't think the perfect is the Bible. It's eternity, in my opinion, right? It's heaven. It's when we don't need this stuff. Amen. So making that distinction. Uh, <clears throat> when I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I gave up childish things. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then face to face. So he's just casting hope, you know, that it's not always going to be like this. We don't always have to do these things because one day in the restoration of all things, when God brings everything together in earth and in heaven, in Christ, and heaven abounds, the kingdom is fully expressed. Praise God. So there's a hope that we look forward to. Now I know in part, then I shall fully, even as I have been fully known. So now faith, hope, and love abide, these three, but the greatest is love. Here's boiling it all down to this. You don't necessarily need to go to a class to figure out how to do this stuff. You just need to take action when compassion arises. This is what we're going to look at over the next few weeks and this idea that God will teach you as you go. The Holy Spirit is a much better teacher than any person. Amen. And you hear him 
better than you think that you do. You hear him all day, every day. He's speaking to you all day, every day. You just don't have the confidence to be led by him. But what builds confidence is loving him and loving people. It's like meshed together as you intentionally step out to be your place in that body. I think as God is building his church and his kingdom is increasing in this earth, as you step out in your place in this body, his church becomes more whole. His church becomes more fulfilled. His church becomes more effective and active. And it has the impact of people looking at us and saying, I don't understand all that stuff, but there's something about them that makes me want to believe that God sent Jesus into this earth. I need Jesus. That's where it's going. But we're going to be intentional about it. And you already are. I, already, I know that you already are. We're not talking about you becoming something that you're not and you having to do something that you're not already doing. I promise you, you're already expressing the gifts the way that God, or the gifts that God would want you to. But you can yield to it a little bit more and become more confident in it and walk in it a little bit more. That's the only difference. Doesn't make you more holy. Doesn't make you more complete. It just means you are functioning in that role more. Amen? Sound good? I want to. Why? Because the church is, I mean, the world is dying. The world doesn't know Jesus. Not that all of a sudden magically everything works out once they do, but, you know, think about before you knew him and what you get to be for those people. I want to cut out all the red tape, all the junk, all the internal political garbage from church. Be united and just serve as we know God's love for us. Amen? You do it already and you do it better than you think that you do because God lives in you and he loves you and he's not limiting himself to your understanding or your strength or any of that stuff. You are already moving in that direction. I just want to, it's almost like I just want to pour some water on that part of your heart and we'll just let it flourish a little bit more. Amen? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We love you. We trust you. From our completeness, we want to move toward the world. From our confident position, our secure place in you, full of your spirit, knowing our love for you, knowing our safety, we then want to live and help other people understand your true character, your true goodness, and your heart toward all mankind, that nobody would perish, that everybody would come to know you. That's our heart, Father. And along the way, we get to operate in grace, a capacity beyond our own strength that Jesus showed us that we can bring kingdom living, abundant life to people in this earth that are suffering and struggling. You died for a lot of the stuff that we are suffering and struggling through. You died so that we could be set free from the shortcomings of this world, to be set free from the power of sin, be set free from the effects of sin. Father, we thank you for your spirit alive within us. We just want to, we want to know your love for us and we want other people to experience it. And we want to be the agents that help them experience it. So we trust you. We love you. Our hearts are open to that. We are yielded to you. We want to go forward and declare the gospel of your kingdom. Amen. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this message. And thank you to those of you who support Forward Ministries financially. You truly are changing the way the world sees God. 
You're helping people detox from performance-based religion and experience God's love for them. We're committed to helping you renew your mind so you'll experience transformation and move forward in every area of your life. I pray you're making this heart journey. Visit my website at clintbyers.com for hundreds of free teachings and articles that will empower you to renew your mind and put on your eternal identity in Christ. I'm especially excited about my tools for transformation that have original music and modern technology designed to help you slow down and connect with the Spirit of God in your heart. I'd like to invite you to partner with Forward Ministries. Help us continue to spread the gospel and develop resources that are empowering people to grow in their identity in Christ. Thank you again for joining me. I pray God's blessings and promises over you and your family today.